This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Today's guest is a man who has had the idea of becoming an entrepreneur ever since he was a child. He started several different businesses a t-shirt company, a barber shop, a beauty shop, and most recently, he has been involved deep into the culinary industry. Money Movers, please welcome John Miller. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, John, you certainly have a long history of entrepreneurship, and on the Money Moves podcast, we love to really discover and delve into the backgrounds of how you got here. What was your first sort of foyer into entrepreneurship? I guess early on, it had to be my grandfather. I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and he was a businessman in the community. He had several bars and nightclubs. He owned lots of real estate and things of that nature. So early on, even in our, you know, when we spend time together, he'd often talk business to me, whether I understood or not, he would talk it into me. And early on, he kind of instilled in me that it wasn't necessarily to gain an education and get a job, it was more gain an education and provide jobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So early on, 
that was just kind of the brain set that was instilled in me. And uh, watching him over the years, I knew that I would own a business or I would run a business. I just didn't know early on what it would be. So he was definitely my first uh, experience with entrepreneurship and business owner and, and whatnot. I, I mean, I love this because I think, you know, the more and more we explore this on the podcast, we've talked to a range of successful people in different industries. And it feels like, you know, for our generation, if you will, it was either one or the other. We had parents who were entrepreneurs that talked a lot about entrepreneurship and that hustle and grit or others who perhaps their circumstances were different and they didn't impart that teaching. And yours came from like a very early age you know, talking about business, talking about how to be successful. It's pretty incredible. Absolutely. So, you know, in growing up in Nebraska, it was a little different than me when I moved down south at the age of 11. So I moved away from my grandfather at the age of 11 to play tennis. So I moved to Houston. I went to high school, junior high, and uh, met a coach that was world-renowned, John Wilkerson. So over the years, I went to junior high and high school, and then I moved to Jackson, Mississippi, and I took a scholarship to Jackson University, Jackson State University. And that's where majoring in business, I really got a chance to kind of fine tune some things and, and decide what area of business that I wanted to, to go into. And uh, I, I can't thank my HBCU experience. It, it meant the world to me. We hear that a lot too. I grew up in Canada, so I feel like I really missed out on that. I want to ask you too about your grandfather. He seems to be like a very influential force in your life. When he was teaching you about, you know, entrepreneurship, running your own business, you know, was he very intentional about giving you these ideas of like how to save, what credit meant, or was he just like high level about achievement? No, actually, absolutely. He was, uh, he would always talk about you have to save your money. And to me, that's one of the the biggest piece of advice I can give to anyone is to stay ready. Mm. Hold on to your capital because when you're an entrepreneurship, things come up. Yes. Business owners, anything can happen and you have to be ready. I mean, opportunities can come to you. And if you're not in a position to take advantage of them, then, you know, you, you, you can lose out. You can lose so out. So for him, he talked about credit. He talked about the importance of real estate. He talked about the importance of always doing what's right, treating people how you want to be treated. Those were core values for him. And anywhere we went, he would light up the room. So he, he was a, a force, not only just with me, but I think in the community itself. And that's why we get so involved in the community here at Johnny T's and over the years. I mean, we're, you know, anything we're asked to do, we'll, we'll take part. I love that because it's truly like the epitome of like building a legacy based on like core messaging and core tenants that were important, not just to you, but passed down to you. So, it, I mean, it makes such a big difference, I think you know, just understanding and really receiving the messages that, you know, people taught us. Absolutely. I, I seen a, it was a meme the other day, but it was saying that work really hard to get yourself in a position of financial stability so that you can use your pockets to bless other people. Yeah. Yes. And I, that's kind of, you know, what I'm on. Yes. I, I want to be able to help and I want to be to a point where we're no longer money. We're not worried about the money. The money's coming in, but being able to help and take part and do things in the community and show by example. There's other people out here, there's other African-American businesses here in the city, but we set the bar and we do things to encourage others to take part as well. 
on that note, I want to take us all the way back to, you know, you're fresh out of your HBCU, you've graduated. What sort of was next for you at that point? I mean, there's so many choices. Like, how did you know yeah, where I, to start your first business? Well, first, I was like, you know, because there was some pressure, too, from your parents. They want to, you know, what are you <laughs> going to do? Invest a ton of money in your education, in your tennis. What are you going to do? So immediately what I did was I went back to grad school at Southern. That bought me some time figure out what you want to do. If it's this t-shirt company you want to start, you can go ahead and start your business plan and whatnot. You got a little time to get it together. Yeah. But now's the time. So I went to grad school at Southern, majored in public policy. And around the same time, I was producing some prototypes for the clothing company that I wanted to introduce. In college, I ended up meeting some friends that were locals and they were really popular locals. But the thing that they didn't have going on is they didn't monetize anything. They were just popular mm, and being popular. Yeah, so here I see I come this with story the line. line. Yes. And I put it on their backs. Yep. And with that became a tremendous amount of local support. And it allowed me to test my designs, reinvest, do it again, flip it again. And with that, you know, segued into entertainment because you're dealing with a hip hop oriented clothing line. Yep. That runs you right into maybe some musicians and artists and things of that nature. So that was my first business, was the t-shirt printing company. I started with a very small shoestring budget. My grandfather gave me $3,000, which was not nearly enough, but it was enough to produce that prototype. Yeah. Enough to, you know, produce some items for sale. And since I had so much support and they would sell out as soon as they were produced, it just allowed me to grow and I continued to invest in the business itself. I also just want to comment on that because oftentimes, you know, I work a lot in venture capital and, you know, the narratives are for people of color, like we don't have some trust fund where we can be like, hey, grandpa, I've got an idea. I need a million dollars for you to fund my business. But, you know, that small investment of $3,000, which was probably a lot, you know, at the time, like it was meaningful. And so I think, you know, as we look to help fund other businesses, as you know, like you say, you get more and more successful even a $3,000 investment into an early stage business is life-changing. It was, it was for me. I yep. didn't know at the time it wasn't enough for me to have a storefront insurance Fair enough. and all the other things that came along with it, but it did allow me to start and it showed him too, that I was serious. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. that, you know, so, but after that, I, I never asked for anything else. Wow. Okay. So what was growing. next? What came next after the t-shirt well, company? T-shirt printing company. I was selling those out of my truck. And after I raised enough capital, I went and got a storefront. Not having enough to put shelves and racks, <laughs> register and all that. I had to grow into that space. So this was in a mini strip mall. So I opened the brick and mortar. Now I didn't have to drive around. The customers came to me. And as those suites became available next to me, I purchased them oh, and then I wow. purchased the whole plaza. So next to me was a barber shop. On the other end, I had one for the ladies, which was a beauty shop called the Red Room. And then years later, maybe four years after opening the t-shirt shop, came my very first restaurant. But the whole idea was to control your environment because I had made such a, a huge investment in the t-shirt and the barber. I didn't want anybody to come to me of ill repute. That's right. And, and have a certain business that didn't, necessarily wasn't equally yoked. So yeah. I bought the whole plaza and placed businesses in there and owned all of them. Wow. So that was my uh, management 
being able to, you know, work on my management skills because not knowing that when I fully embarked into the restaurant business, I would need all the accounting, the marketing, the management. So it was, it was kind of like the Mr. Miyagi effect. Of course, Here it's I like buying the book. Yeah. <laughs> so after, you know, sharpening all those skills, it allowed me to, you know, embark upon the hospitality. So I, I can't take anything away from that whole experience to starting out of my trunk and, you know, shoestring budget and, you know, reinvesting and taking some of that capital and, you know, trying it in the, uh, in the concert business, because those things were running hand in hand. It kind of led, led me into being a local promoter after that. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where do you think you got the confidence to sort of scale, continue to scale and start different businesses? You know, a lot of people are like, hey, I've got this one barbershop or I've got a one beauty supply. But I mean, I understand the vision. It made sense for you to sort of control. But how, like, what really inspired you to know that you could do it? Well, I guess first my grandfather, but next was I didn't want complacency. So once achieving some of those things, it's like, okay, what's next? You mm-hmm. can't just sit here. This isn't enough. We, we need more of it because the things that we want to do and, and the goals that we have, it's going to take more. So I think once we were in a position where we had some of the capital, I wasn't scared. I, I'm, you know, I invest strategic and I'm, you know, my next move had to be my best move because mm-hmm. we didn't have a whole lot of money to lose. So that made sure that we did our due diligence and we, we made sure that when we make this, that, you know, it's, it's going to be promising. Um, but I think between my grandfather and also just becoming a serial entrepreneur, like that, that's what drives me. And, you know, I'm at a point now where we talked about earlier, I want to, I want to help. I want to be able to embark upon the community and, and do all sorts of things. So we recently just started our own nonprofit called the Joy Spreaders. Oh, wow. Uh, I love that. The Joy Spreaders. Yeah. Right. We catered to the elderly in their golden years. So whether it's building a ramp, whether it's uh, providing a meal service, or even some of our entertainment that we have here at our locations on Friday nights, taking them to maybe a nursing home or senior living and giving them a, a Oh, that's surgery. so incredible. Because, it's you know, honestly, our aging population, the elderly, they're often overlooked in terms of a lot of the programs and stuff, you know, especially for younger people who are coming out and doing stuff. It's it's kid-focused. It's education-focused. But, I mean, these are, our, these are our legacy builders in the community. So that's, a, that's great. I really love to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're excited about that. So tell me a little about you built all these businesses in Jackson, Mississippi. Tell me yeah. about this historic street that you're building around. Oh, wow. So Ferris Street, uh, when I was in my strip mall, you know, I kind of dove into the history of this area. And what it was during the times when this area was segregated, this is where the blacks had to shop, eat, the mall. I mean, well, 
not a mall, but this mm -hmm. is where the lawyers were. This is where the movie theaters, this is where black people had to shop. So it was a Mecca in the South. So it really thrived at one time. Uh, all the buildings were built by black contractors. And this area started its downward spiral once integration came, once black people were allowed to move and live Sounds in very areas. much like Greenwood in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Absolutely. Yep. So um, this building became available, maybe like uh, we've been here seven years. So I knew that with that history, I could repackage it, brand it and present it again. And that's what we did with Johnny T's. Um, we really pushed the whole Ferris Street historic district aspect of it. And now you'll see businesses and whatnot starting to come back. Wow. So I really like to think what we did here, we showed by example. And uh, now it's, it's starting to become this, they like to want to call it a entertainment district, but I like to think of it as the whole mixed use aspect. Mixed use, multi-purpose. I really, I, li I like that term a lot better. I think it gives us a broader sort of reach in the community and you're doing so much more than that. Oh, well, thank you so much, John. Thank you for your time on the podcast today. And we are going to have you to come back again for a deeper dive into more of your business pursuits. But before you leave, can you tell our audience where they can find you on social media, where they can check out your restaurants? Absolutely. Um, we're located in Jackson, Mississippi at 538 North Ferris Street in the downtown historic district. We also opened our second location in Omaha, Nebraska. It's at 3825 North 30th Street. Uh, you can see us on social media at Johnny T's Bistro and Blues. And our website is johnnytsbistroandblues.com. Okay, well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for your time. Make sure, Money Movers, that you check out John on all his social media platforms and stop in for a bite at his restaurant. Thank you so much again, John, and we'll see you in another episode for our deep dive. Thank you. All right, Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today. But again, make sure you check out John on all his social media. And if we have helped you make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge on your social media, or perhaps leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And make sure you tune into Money Moves Monday through Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. A new season of Bridgerton is here. 
And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.